Globe podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. There's so many stories in our lives, and probably the most well-known story, I would imagine, probably of all time, is the Christmas story, and it is filled with so many little details, and Christmas is one of those seasons just has a lot of expectations. You ever notice that the expectations just rise in Christmas? Because our hopes are high. Oh, I hope this happens, and I hope that happens, right? For some reason at Christmas, I, I expect everybody's going to get along. I, I'm not sure why, because that doesn't happen all the rest of the year. But, you know, why can't we all just get along? I hear it all the time. Why can't I just want everybody to be under one roof? I just want us to get along. Is that too hard to much, too much to ask? I mean, come on, right? I'm like, yeah, that, that is a lot to ask, right? Right? What's, what's really weird is it's interesting to me how strongly my emotions are attached to the expectations that I have at Christmas. There's, there's an emotional uh, component. There's a certain set of emotions that are connected with those higher expectations. And have you ever wondered, it's like this, it's like those people were perfectly sane. Yesterday at Thanksgiving, we were enjoying dinner together and everybody was so thankful. And this morning, they're killing each other over a computer. You know, it's Black Friday. It's like all of a sudden they've lost their minds. I mean, these people were normal people, right? But given Black Friday, it's like, who are you, right? It's one of these things. It just gets really complicated because, here's why, because emotions are involved. Emotions, we go, <laughs> and, and they get heightened, you know, the heightened emotions. Emotions, I think, when left unchecked, can be the culprit for all sorts of complicated things going wrong. Christmas emotions can be intense, what gift do we buy? What, what cards should we get? Uh, what are we going to cook? And oh, and if you get the cards, who gets the cards? Who makes the giving, right? It's like, who do we, well, we only have so many cards, so uh, let's not put them on the list, right? It, it just seems like everything is so intense about everything, right? It's like, and the tensions begin to, to rise, right? And you may be thinking to yourself, I, I know that this season is about celebrating the birth of Jesus, but you know what? My marriage is falling apart. <laughs> or, or, you know, my, my kids are unhinged. You know, and as much as I want to celebrate it, you know, I'm struggling. And, and maybe you're struggling with being alone again. It's Christmas. Maybe, you, maybe you've lost someone this year. Maybe you've lost something this year. Again, that's why this, this grief in the holidays is so important. Because we've got to process these things. <laughs> maybe, and I've heard this too, right? Maybe one of those people is like, you know what? I just do. I am just not interested in getting together with my perfect sister and her perfect husband and their perfect kids, right? It's like I just don't want. And bam! It's like we instantaneously get robbed because our emotions take over and we begin to dread Christmas and the season more than we look forward to it. Emotions have the potential to ruin Christmas for us. And that is where uh, the Advent season comes in. And we light the candle of peace. There it is. They, they won't let me play with fire. So there's the, the third candle right there, the candle of peace. Um, if you're not familiar with Advent, for many years I was not familiar with it. But if you're not familiar with it, I have these available. They're up here. Please come get one. But here, here's the beauty about Advent. 
it seems like Christmas just kind of speeds things up, kind of gets things, and then before you know it, you're running around crazy, hurting people on Black Friday, right? Well, Advent has a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. It slows everything down. Advent has a tendency to slow things down. Uh, how many of you are participating in reading one chapter of Luke, man? That, ha- that is a great new tradition for me personally. I'm like, wow, this is so good because I'm going to get to Christmas Day because there, there are 24 chapters there. I'm going to get to Christmas Day. I'm gonna like, now I know why Jesus came. This is the fullness of Jesus. But, but I encourage you to celebrate Advent because we're supposed to take this season in. And so often, the way I put it is we get wrapped up literally, in Christmas, and we're just running around. We're not really getting the most of what God wants us to get out of this season, so I encourage you that. But one of the things that we do is we light a candle each week, and this week is the candle of peace. And so I talk about all those anxious moments, all the running around, it's like, ah, and the things that we feel, emotions, what we really need is peace. And I've been talking about several people that are involved in the Christmas story. I shared with you about uh, Simeon, who is in the temple, and how he's, he's been promised, God promised me, I will not die until I see the promised Messiah. And then Joseph and Mary came in to dedicate Jesus as a baby in the temple. And then last week I shared about Zechariah and Mary and faith. I shared about faith and how the angel appeared to both of them. And, and, uh, and quite honestly, it was pretty good. Anybody remember last week, right? Zechariah, right? This, how did he see faith? Uh, I, I try and throw myself into the scriptures. I encourage you to do that. Uh, but as I feel for Zechariah, I'm like, you know, and I shared last week, it's like the angel shows up and says, the Lord has heard your prayers. And Zechariah's like, I haven't prayed that prayer in like 45 years, you know. I want a baby. That's an old prayer. How about the prayer I prayed this morning, you know, right? But the angel says, God's going to give you a son. Yeah, I'm 80. I mean, this is like not the time for me to have a baby. Well, this is the stuff, the stories that the Bible is filled with, wonderful pieces. And so I encourage you to, to take notes this morning. If you have the notes, you have the hard copy, you have your app, I encourage you to open that up. Today I want to share about somebody who seems to fly underneath the radar. He just seems to, he's just never around, and that's Joseph. Right? Joseph's one of those guys, he's so easy to overlook in the Christmas story. And yet... He's probably the one person in the nativity story that I identify with most. It's Joseph, right? I I, I always confuse him with the shepherd because Joseph's always got the staff, and then the shepherd's got the staff, and maybe Mary's married to a shepherd, not Joseph. I I never know. You know, it's like it's one of these guys is Joseph in my nativity story, right? Uh, but uh, but Joseph is in the nativity and and he's this guy. You know, he's he's listen. You always put him behind Mary right? Because Mary's got to be closest to the baby in case he needs to nurse, right? And, and Joseph's like back here. He's always in the background. At least that's the way he is in my nativities, because that's, that's where I put him, right? But, uh, but I want to I share some stuff about Joseph. We don't, we don't know a lot about Joseph, but I do know this. I know two things. He loved God, and he followed God. And I, I want to get into that this morning. And, and let me just say before I start, if you're having a Christmas that isn't going the way you'd planned, the way you'd hoped, the way you expected, wait till you hear what happened to Joseph. Your Christmas is amazing, okay? So open up your Bibles to Matthew, please. Matthew, if you grab the, uh, the Bible out of the chair back, it's on page one. It's so easy to find, right? Page one, Matthew. I'm gonna read out of Matthew chapter one. I wanna read to you this morning about this guy named Joseph. Matthew chapter one, verses 18 and 19. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary is engaged to be married to Joseph. 
But before the marriage took place, while she's still a virgin, she becomes pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like, what? Right? Joseph, verse 19, her fiance, he's a good guy, and he doesn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decides to break the engagement quietly. This is the first glimpse that we have of this guy, Joseph. Now, let me give you some context here, because an engagement in Bible days, way back here, right? An engagement is the equivalent of someone actually being married. It's, it's already a contract. It's done. So even being engaged, you have to have an official divorce. So when it says he doesn't want to disgrace her, you can just fill in the word there, divorce her. You know, he doesn't want to divorce her, and, but it, that's what has to be done because she's pregnant and it ain't my baby. Mary shows up there. Can you imagine Joseph, what he's feeling, right? He knows he's not the father. The obvious choice is we got to get a divorce. But can you imagine for a moment the emotions that are wrapped up in this situation? Think about, and that's again what I say. I, I try to put myself into the into this story. I, I think the Bible is just a bunch of case studies in humanity. Oh, yeah, that's the way I would have responded. Oh, man, what was he feeling? That's where I thought of last week about Zechariah. I was like, what would I have thought if you came to me and I'm 80 and you're saying I'm going to have a baby because you heard my prayer? You know, it's like when I think of myself in these stories, well, I think of myself as Joseph here, and I, I can't imagine, again, from his perspective, that this girl who's supposed to be my wife appears to be pregnant by somebody else, right? He, she shows up and she's pregnant, right? Think about the humiliation involved for everyone involved when this is going down. That's when we get more insight into this guy, Joseph, into his character. Even though it appears that Mary has cheated on him, that she's not been faithful, Joseph isn't interested in, again, disgracing her. And so the Bible says he wants to divorce her quietly. He wants to break the engagement quietly. This is a man of peace. He he didn't stand up and go, hey, I've been wronged. This is me, right? I've been wronged by you. You you wronged me. You hurt me big time. And you know what? Vengeance is the Lord's, and I'm just about my father's business, right? I'm going to take it out on you. I'm going to make sure everybody finds out what you did to me. Look what he does. Wow. Again, go with the emotions. I'm going to be married. Oh, it's awesome. I get to marry Mary. Keep in mind, she's a virgin. He's excited about the wedding day. And he's like, wait, she's pre- Wait, what? I can't imagine what's going through his mind. But before Joseph could follow through on that decision, he's already got it. I've got the facts. Now I'm going to make my decision. Before he can follow through on the decision, look what happens next. Look at verse 20, 21. Look at this. As he considers this, I'm engaged to be married. Mary shows up pregnant, right? I'm going to divorce her quietly. As he's considering all of this, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Hey, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son. And you, because you're participating, you are to name him Jesus because he's going to save people from their sin. And then it just con- he continues, the angel keeps talking. And then verse 24, watch this, ready? When Joseph woke up, 
He went and he talked to his parents about what the right thing to do was. He went and met with his accountability partners. They went down to St. Arbucks and worshiped the Lord, right? And, and, they, and he got together. He said, man, you know, she showed up. She's pregnant. I don't know what to do. No, no, no read it. When Joseph woke up, he did. <laughs> Catch it. This is craziness. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Now, this, this is, it's this moment that Joseph has to choose. Do I trust my feelings because I feel like I've been wronged here or do I trust God? Now, I, I, I wish, at least this for me, I wish that I could have like that angel scene. You know, when I got a tough decision to make, a little angel says, hey, Marty, God's got this. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving forward. I could do it, I think. But you know what happens? I don't get the angel. I usually have the little devil over here. Oh, yeah, you should go get him. Yeah. I, I can hear him like all day long, right? But the angel never goes, boop. The angel never shows up. And here's what happens. I, I come into these situations. I don't know about you. I come into these situations. I'm like, oh, man. I, what should I do? I just, and so I might, I, I might pray. I might read the Bible. I, I might go seek some counsel. But Joseph's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's like, you know what? Look, I, I know who I am. I'm a man of character, and I'm not going to take it out on her. So I'm going to divorce her quietly. But man, uh, now the angel shows up. Hey, here's what's going on. Okay, let me think about that for. A, give me a week to think about it. Anybody? Catch it, man. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. There's no time, there's no, there's no pause, there's no thinking about it. He get, wakes up and does. I, I wish that could be said of me. I know, by the way, that this is so much easier said than done. <laughs> I, again, I wish that it was easy for me because it's so tempting and it's so much simpler to act on my emotions, right? I don't have to think about it. Oh, really, you hurt me? That, this is the way it works. You hurt me, I hurt you. So it's easy for me to respond and react in my emotions. And here's why, because it's in those moments, and this is your first in your notes if, if, you're, taking, if you're taking some notes here. Our expectations and emotions are running on high. They often feel like the loudest voices in our lives. You ever notice that? When the expectations, especially disappointment. Disappointment is the result of failed expectations. I'm so disappointed because I thought this was going to happen. When, when that's really high, when our emotions are high, they feel like they're the loudest voices on the planet. I love this scripture. It's in Isaiah chapter 42, 43, verse 2. It says this. When you go through deep waters, let me just pause there for a moment. I love to scuba dive. Uh, I, am re, I, I love being underwater. Um, and it, it just, it's exciting to me because I get to see what you know, 95% of the planet never gets to see. I mean, you, we all get to see the mountains, we get to see the clouds, but there are very few people that are dumb enough, uh, that are smart enough to go scuba diving. And my bride, okay, my bride, she gets claustrophobic putting on the mask. She's like, no, 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 right? And then just breathe, honey, just breathe, right? Yeah, she's just doing this, just don't die, just don't die, right? I'm like, no, you're not gonna die, it's gonna be great. Uh, I, I can't tell you how often I will tell people about scuba diving and I watch the anxiety levels just rise. They're like, 
And I, yeah, we were down at 60 feet, and, and then we saw this nurse shark, and it was like, and I'm like, uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the thing. Like, nope, 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 right? Like, no, this is wrong. Don't do this. This is bad. Watch this. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. And this, is, this is the promise of God. And now this isn't in regards to scuba diving. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know, deep waters make us anxious. I, I cannot tell you how many people get anxious. People get anxious being in the bottom of the pool or horse playing in the pool. And you help me underwater too long in five feet of water. People get anxious when they're underwater. But look what God says. When you go through deep waters, I'm going to be with you. He continues, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. We've all seen, you know, the YouTube videos of the river rafting. Everybody's Whoa, flying out of the raft, right? You're not going to drown. Watch this. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you'll not be burned up. The flames are not going to consume you. Now, please understand, again, this is not, it's not talking about literally the deep waters. It's, these are talking about emotional things. You ever been in such deep waters emotionally? physically, relationally, where you don't feel like you can breathe. You're in a relationship with someone, you, I just don't feel like I can breathe when I'm around that person. You ever, you ever been through rivers of difficulty at work? Man, that season at work is just crazy. The boss is this, and it's just everything. Is just, it keeps coming against us. It's white water at work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just been a busy season. And then this fire of oppression. Clearly, that's not talking about literal fires because they throw in the words for us of oppression. However, Daniel chapter 3, if you get a chance, you can read about people who are thrown literally into the fire and literally God shows up. Great. Daniel chapter 3, you get a chance to read that this week. You won't be disappointed. But see, this is talking about our lives. And you know what it says? Can you read it? Peace, peace, peace. Deep waters? I'm with you. Rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. Fires of oppression, you won't burn up. Peace. Because I know you're going to encounter these things. I want you to hear this. Peace. This is one of these verses that I hold on to when my life turns upside down. When my life turns like a flood. When my life turns like rapids. When my life is in the flames. I go, wait, God, you gotta, you got to be with me. I, I need your peace. And yet... And this is your next blank, please. Joseph doesn't let his feelings determine his faith. And do yourself a favor. Would you just cross out the word Joseph and put your name in there? <laughs> Marty doesn't let his feelings determine his faith. Oh, you'll have to change hers if you're a female. Right? Marty doesn't let his feelings determine his faith. Per personalize that. Now, listen, my, my guess is that Joseph's emotions don't go away. It's not like he just goes, oh, I'm in a difficult situation. Now I will think like a robot. God doesn't want robots. The emotions don't go away. I think his emotions are actually running simultaneously with his faith. And this is where the peace of consolation. Consolation is something that I've talked about before. Consolation is that, is that peace that you feel when you're in a situation, when you're with a person, you go, yeah, it's okay. I just, I'm all right. You ever get around the person where you don't feel the consolation? where you feel the anxiety, where you're like, I just, every time I get around this person, I'm just, I, I, can't, I can't wait to get away from them. That's probably a sign for you, you should be away from them. But consolation happens. God gives us his consolation, and Joseph gets it. Joseph could be nervous, but he lets trust win out. 
fear doesn't overtake his faith. He says, wait a minute. And I don't know what is happening this Christmas for you. I don't know what it's like for you, but I think we can learn a really valuable lesson from Joseph. If Joseph had chosen his feelings over faith, we would have missed out on the story that God was writing. Now, last week I showed you this nativity, right? This is the, this is the example of the first Christmas, right? So we get this first Christmas, and, and we have these in our homes because it's a visual reminder of, okay, there were, there were wise men who showed up, and they gave gifts, gold, Frankenstein, right, myrrh. They got all these things, right? They bring all these gifts, right? And then there was the talking cow, and, you know, they're different things, right? Okay, but we have these, we have these nativity scenes. Just, just imagine if Joseph had allowed whatever the emotions were and I can imagine what emotions I'd be feeling, but imagine if he would allow his emotions to dictate his decisions. Our nativity scene would look more like this. Teen mom, single mom, trying to manage having a little boy on her own. Just go ahead and play it out. Play out, play it out in our culture. You just, Mary, you just need to give the baby up for adoption. No, no, Mary, just abort it. He left you. He abandoned you. you. You're too young to raise this baby on your own. You cannot be responsible. This is what our nativity would look like had Joseph chosen at this moment. When Joseph woke up, he said, get out, man. I am out of here. That is way too much for me. God chose the wrong person to work with because that ain't my groove. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded. But just imagine this life. She wouldn't be in the barn. She would still be homeless. She'd be in the back alley somewhere having this baby. Just, just play it out. Had Joseph not made this choice, a choice of faith that when, when I am weak, I'm like, no, that ain't going to happen. It comes down to one moment for Joseph. The moment when he decides to choose to follow God and to stay with Mary. And this is that moment. He goes, it doesn't make any sense. You know, if I, common sense tells me, <laughs> right, you're pregnant because the Holy Spirit. What kind of story is that? You show up here pregnant? Who'd you sleep with? No way. See, common sense. I know what's happening here. Even when so many of his emotions are pointing elsewhere, Joseph takes this moment, and, and it becomes a turning moment for him. He could either choose to follow his emotions and write his own story or choose to trust God and allow God to write a, listen to me, a better story. God wants to write a better story. And what was true for Joseph is true for us. This is in your blanks here. We can have confidence that God is doing something bigger than what we feel. Because, you know, there's going to be times in our lives when we'll need to make this same decision. I have to make this decision, and it might be now. For some of us, it might be right now in this Christmas season. When you get to that place, and you will get to that place, we all get to that place. What do I do? Look for the consolation. Look for the peace that I'm talking about this morning. That peace comes from one of my favorite Literally one of my, I can't tell you how often I, I have memorized the scripture and then, and then repeat it. And it's Isaiah 26.3. I, I want you to see this. <sighs> I 
the you here is talking about God. You. You will answer your phone. <laughs> I, I probably just need to capitalize all those you's. In fact, because I, I want you to catch this. Can we read this together? Let, let's read this together. We're talking to God. Let's read this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in, not just peace, perfect peace. That's what I'm looking for. Because perfect peace continues. Fleeting peace. You will keep in fleeting peace all who trust in you because eventually we're not going to trust in you. We're going to start. Here's what my problem is. I'm focused on other things. My thoughts are focused on what are we going to make for Christmas? How many cards are we going to get? Can we pay for the cards? How many people get the cards? Who get, right? All those things that I just mentioned. Who's coming over? What are we going to do? <laughs> Whose thoughts are fixed on you? Who trust? I think that's how Joseph wakes up. And did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Because he put his trust in God. And so he gets this peace. And despite what we feel, despite what we feel, our, our emotions are, are not always dependable. This is your last blank. They don't always tell the whole story or the true story. And that is that God is writing the best possible story. God's writing a great story for us. That's what he's up to. And when we, like Joseph, throw our hope, we throw our trust, we throw our faith toward God, and we throw our, our lives toward that, we begin to do what God wants us to do all along, to live a better story. God's saying, I got a better story for you, but you keep taking control of it because you think there's nothing the good could come out of this. Yeah, because you don't know the ending. You only know today. Our emotions are an incredibly powerful thing. But we cannot allow them to have more power in our life than God has. And again, I just play myself out in this story of Joseph, and I'm like, ah. See, faith will give us the peace that we're looking for. And I'm looking for peace. And, the, and it's the peace that God's story is bigger than my feelings. I want to share a scripture with you in Philippians. Paul writes this in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. He writes this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Right? Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. Now, now this is a checklist to this first word. Then. You see the then? Would you go back for me, please? Checklist. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then. Then. Once you've done these four things, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds, here's the best part, the best of your thinking. It just seems like this is the way it ought to be. I mean, I'm not stupid. She's pregnant, and it isn't my baby. I'm not stupid. Yeah, this kind of peace goes beyond what you could understand. What you will experience, this peace is amazing. And watch this. It'll guard your hearts and minds, your feelings and thoughts. 
I'm not leaving anything out. This is what God's doing. I'm not leaving anything out. I'm making sure you are covered in here. Again, going back to Isaiah, perfect peace. It's gonna guard your hearts and minds. As, watch this, as you live in Christ Jesus. This is the peace I think we're after. But it comes by knowing, listen, okay, God must have another story I'm not aware of. God must be doing something I don't know. Because in my understanding, this isn't gonna work. In my understanding, this is the end. In my understanding, nothing good could come from this. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's just let God write his story. God's writing a story. Sometimes I don't understand. I quote this Isaiah 55 all the time. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than yours. Yeah, well, Lord, I understand what's going on in this situation. And if you'd like to scoot over on the throne, I'll take over for today and clean things up for you. No, I'm writing a story. You have no idea how this is going to end. The plot twists, the turn. I, I got something good coming. No, you don't. L I'll take over from here. <sighs> this isn't going to turn out well. Because we're leaning on our own understanding. And the Bible says, don't lean on your understanding. My husband died. My wife died. We lost our marriage. The kids are this. The kids are whack, right? It's like we have all these things. This is going to be terrible. Beloved, God is wanting and needing you to step aside and just let him write the story. To have, to have the peace. Because when we have peace, we stop being anxious. We stop going, striving to fix everything. You control freaks. If you can't admit that, you are really got problems, okay? Right? We're all control freaks. And God simply says, why don't you let me be God and you be man. You be woman. You be human. I'll take, uh, there's, there's only one person that's, that's eligible to be in the God position. That's me. I want to pray for us this morning because I believe there are many people in this Christmas season who are anxious. Anxious about work. The savings is running out. We had the job here. We were doing this. And, and it's just like, man, it just keeps coming. I can't find the job. And, <laughs> and then I, can't, I don't even have time to celebrate Christmas. I'm just worried about this, that, and the other thing. Beloved, God is writing a story. Let's sit back and just let him write it. Okay, Lord, you're in charge. I, I surrender ag again. Let me pray. <sighs> Father, I want to thank you for this morning to just sit together with friends, to look at your word, to consider the word. But now we stop. And... In fact, we've, we've read your word and we've aligned our minds to it and we're aligning our hearts to it. We will do so even more as we sing these songs. We will fix our thoughts on you. And I can't tell you, beloved, how many times people have said, oh, worship was so good. You know why? Because you were totally thoughts fixed on God. During worship, you weren't thinking about all the other things that are going on in your life. Even right now as I'm talking, you're like, oh yeah, pastor, I got that going on in my life. I got that going on in my life. Oh yeah, as I talk, you make the connection points to scripture and to the examples that I'm bringing. But during worship, here's what happens. All your thoughts and all of your heart is focused completely on God. And I can't tell you how many times, beloved, people have said, oh, I just needed worship this morning. I just... Wow, 
That is what I needed. Well, what you needed was to fix your thoughts on him. And he kept you in perfect peace. So guess what the secret is? Go outside these doors and worship him some more. Keep your thoughts fixed on him some more. He'll keep this perfect peace as long as we keep our thoughts fixed on him. So if you're here this morning, I want to pray for a couple people here. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with anxiety, could be sleepless nights, I don't know how it works, could be rapid heartbeat, could be like (gasps) just nervousness, the anxiety. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even have to describe the, the, the symptoms. But if you're here this morning and whether it's health or money or relationships, I don't know, but I'm just tired of being anxious about this thing tomorrow, essentially. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. It has enough worries of its own. Don't borrow from tomorrow's worries. (laughs) But in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. If you're here this morning, I want to pray for you that you would have peace as we sing these songs. This is, this is an altar call. Beloved, this is a call to the altar to take those anxieties and lay them on the altar. To take those things and go, Lord, burn these things up. I'm so tired of carrying them around. Your backpack is full this morning. Leave it here at the altar. So if you're anxious, can I pray for you? Would you, by faith, in a desire for peace, would you raise your hand where you are and I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but right on. Good for you. Oh, so good. Right? Look at, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Father, I pray for peace. Peace that goes way beyond our understanding. There are people who are struggling this morning. Struggle, but this is the most happiest time of the year. Yeah, but I'm still struggling. There are people struggling in their lives. And so I pray in Jesus' name, receive peace. I told you I had a second group of people. It's another altar call. Just as we have emotional fires, we have these things that kind of consume us. Jesus talked about, catch this, he describes it as a literal fire, but it's a separation from God. He called hell, he actually calls it Sheol, a place of separation. And I want to have an altar call for you. If you don't know Jesus, let him save you from those fires. That, that's real stuff. Jesus called that out. That's not, a, that's not a church thing that was made up. Jesus said there is a place of separation when, when people don't accept my rescue, that I provided the way, the truth, the life, that I am the way to the Father. And so if you're here this morning without relationship, Put your trust in Jesus. Put your hope in him. And he will grant you peace. Peace and goodwill toward men. That's what we're celebrating in this season. If you don't know Jesus, can I pray for you? Would you raise your hand where you are? Just let me pray for you. Anybody this morning? I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep asking. Because I expect that people are looking for this hope. You have friends and co-workers who are looking for hope. Bring them to church. Bring them here. They will hear about hope. They will hear about joy. They will hear about peace. They will hear about faith. So many people are looking for the answers. And you can share it with them if you want. Or you can bring them here and I'll share it with them. But it's going to be Sunday after Sunday. I'm going to keep asking, is there anybody here? And if you say, well, pastor, I already know. Well, then the, the hint is bring somebody else. 
Father, we are people of faith. I pray that we would take that faith outside these doors, into the workplace, into our neighborhoods, into our extracurricular things, on the soccer field, on the softball diamond. We would take our faith out from this place. We celebrate it here, but we work it out there because the harvest is ready. It's the workers that are few, and I've signed up to be a worker. And so, Father, we thank you for a time this morning to join your presence. Would you grant your children peace? Let it be so in Jesus' name.